0: Uh, the reading this morning is taken from 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 13. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends, but as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways, for now we see in a mirror, dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I only know in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. Here in reading.
1: Good morning, everyone. When I was um, talking earlier in the year with Randall about possible topics to um, preach on, we settled on the pandemic. <laughs> um, so, for the next uh, for today and the, the next two Sundays, we're going to be um, thinking about our, our Christian faith in terms of the pandemic, and I'm going to focus particularly on verse 13 that we just read. Um, these three things remain, faith, hope and love, and the greatest of these is love. Well, 2021 seems to be flying along and um, it's been more than a year since this global pandemic Uh, Really took off. It was uh, February last year, Um, and I'm sure we're all very keen to uh, put it behind us and for our lives to return to some kind of sense of uh, normality, Um, whatever that might uh, look like. Um, And I guess for many of us, it's tempting to just block COVID out of our consciousness, to not think about it. it's had such a big role in defining so many aspects of, uh, of our lives over the last um, year and a bit. Um, but I think we need to face it head on and to look for the lessons that COVID has to teach us. Um, this will not be my, my typical um, exegetical line-by-line sermon that I'm known for. It'll be far more um, reflective. And I'm, I'm going to take uh, Paul's words Um, as a lens to get into uh, the impact of COVID um, on our faith. And that's what we're going to be looking at in particular today. Um, The context for the reading we just had is nothing about weddings. You've probably heard that um, uh, particular reading in in, uh, uh, many wedding services. It's got nothing to do with weddings. Um, The context was... um, The early church in Corinth was experiencing some difficulties um, and that turmoil was all about personalities um, and some church practices and church politics. Some things never change, do they? And um, Paul responds with um, the the last few chapters um, of 1 Corinthians teaching about gifts and unity in the church and um, he finished off today's reading with that, um, ma- those, that magnificent wisdom. These three things remain, faith, hope and love, and the greatest of these is love. So I'm going to take that as my lens to um, consider um, what it might say to us about COVID. I'm especially conscious that this pandemic as grisly and odious um, as it has been, um, is an opportunity to teach us things. And we're starting with faith. Now faith, according to the writer of the book of Hebrews, is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It's not some kind of warm, fuzzy feeling that everything's going to work out okay in the end. That's actually not the biblical understanding of faith. It's um, inner conviction. It is an inner truth or an inner knowledge that we know um, from our relationship and our love of God. Um, In our lives, we can have those kind of Mother Teresa experiences, I suppose, of of having an absolute conviction about calling and vocation and truth, and yet at times feeling quite distant from God and quite um, emotionally detached from God. So it's not fundamentally about feelings. Faith is about an inner confidence based on what we know to be true, but can't necessarily prove. Faith is also a very active thing and um, if we believe something deeply, if we believe something sincerely, we will act accordingly. And the book of James is pretty blunt about this. Um, James tells us that faith without works is dead. Um, When faith becomes a kind of a theoretical exercise, something that's abstract, something that Um, is removed from the world, it's pretty bankrupt and empty really. Worse than that, it exposes us as hypocrites. We are meant to um, live actively in God and live actively for God in his world. That kind of faith blesses us with a confidence about the future, our future in God. We are very privileged, I think, to trust in one who is greater than we are, one who knows us better than ourselves and one whose intentions and whose purposes are entirely good. Many people think that tough times, like um, pandemics, are times for the testing of faith. Whenever there's a jolt or a tragedy or some disruption in our life, it's said to strain our faith. I prefer to think, of these kinds of events as stretching or indeed proving our faith rather than putting it at risk. For many people seeking a faith or reviving a faith, it's much easier for them in bad times than in good. True loyalty is actually shown in good times rather than bad. In some ways it's very natural that people will want to turn to God in difficult and challenging times. And sometimes that's a very genuine thing, and I wouldn't begrudge that for a moment. Sometimes it's more of a last minute bargain or a transaction. Um, So the pandemic's been interesting to watch in terms of faith responses. When it came along, there was no ready made vaccine sitting in the cupboard, Uh, the economy looked like it was crashing. The employment lines were unemployment lines were long. Um, commentators were talking not about a recession but potentially a depression. The health system was at risk of being overwhelmed. It still is in some parts of the world. It still is no place for the old or the vulnerable. So pandemics are sobering. They're clarifying. They're disruptive. And most of all, I think they are a reminder they are a reminder to us that our meaning, our purpose, our future is not to be found anywhere but in God. Have no other God but me. Faith in good times is so much harder. affluence, comfort, good health, sunny days, they may lull us gently away into numbing complacency. When there is wealth, good health, general prosperity, good times, other plausibility structures seem quite attractive and Christian faith can be laid aside. Of course, as Christians, we heartily welcome science. We love science. We love the truth. And we thank God that vaccines have now been developed. Christian faith is never anti-intellectual. We must love God with all our mind. That's a commandment. And we must love our neighbours as ourselves. Another commandment. And when we put those two things together, we celebrate vaccines. But we know that our meaning, our purpose, who we are, what we're called to do at the deepest level can only ever come from God. And so Paul reminds us about these three things that remain. Faith, hope and love. The church he was writing to was divided uh, they weren't experiencing a pandemic, but they were experiencing conflict and a bit of um, political infighting. doesn't matter what the presenting set of issues are. These three things tran- transcend every situation, no matter how ugly, how appalling, how desperate. Faith, hope and love remain, and we are better and stronger and nobler in every context Because of them. Each of these concepts is powerfully transformative. Faith is about resilience. When we live confidently in God, we are assured. And as I've already said, living confidently in God is so much more than just mentally assenting to a set of beliefs. It's about trust and relationship and active commitment. And we can know the presence of God in our lives, in every situation, and the reality of our life in him. Living confidently in God will shape who we are, the kinds of choices that we make, the way we live, and this kind of active faith will provide a quiet assurance even in the middle of a pandemic. A few years ago I did a PhD and the research question was trying to work out what the distinctive contribution of Christian faith was to international development programs. And one thing that the research discovered was that faith really does matter in so many overseas contexts because life there is far more tenuous It's uh, fragile, calamity is around the corner, Um, adversity is never far away, and in these communities death is not denied, death is not kept at a distance, it's very much a part of people's lived experience. And faith provides communities with a sense of resilience, whether that's understood as God's providence or sometimes as God's inscrutability or testing or trial or um, endurance. That sense of resilience is there and it helps people to navigate all the circumstances of life, no matter how challenging they are. Um, And it's how they understand the world and how they um, continue in it and how they find meaning. For us, faith is not really about living comfortably in this world because as Christians I don't think we, we ever can really do that fully. We are citizens of another place. We're in the world but we're not of it. Our faith helps us to discover who we are in Christ and what we have been called to do. Living confidently in God means there is a divine light that burns quietly within, steadily giving light in every situation no matter how difficult that might be. In theory, living in God means that our will yields to his and we will want the things that God wants. Our will conforms to his And sometimes that's a tussle. Sometimes it's a contest. Like Jacob wrestling a shadowy figure all through the night. As we mature, we may accept many things in God that we've resisted in our human nature. Our childish insistence on things, on particular outcomes, may give way to the acceptance of God In each and every situation, even situations that seem very challenging, even overwhelming. Faith is a powerful concept. It throws up new possibilities. To open our lives to the maker, the sustainer and the redeemer of this world is no small thing. It's said that faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains. And I think that's not because of the strength of our own commitment I think it is because, the, because we expose ourselves to the immeasurable love and goodness of our God. And we only need just a little bit of faith to do that. So how's the pandemic been for you? Has, has faith played a part for you? Does the fact that you live confidently in God give you assurance, resilience, courage? I hope so. Now, I want to be clear that while faith can be assuring, it's not about life being made smooth or easy. These things exist in contradiction. It's about understanding that God is with us despite the circumstances despite the tumult, the uncertainty, the anxiety, sometimes even the bleakness. Our lives are not dark. We are not alone. And we are never separated from the one who loves us. Jesus was faithful, and he had the toughest time, crucified on a cross. Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Paul had a tough time. He was beaten, he was shipwrecked, he was jailed, he was flogged. Trials, tribulations, even persecutions, in whatever form, will come our way. But we do not despair, for Jesus has overcome the world. These three remain faith, hope, and love They can never be taken away. If the sky falls in and the mountains fall into the sea, these three will still be there. We can still live confidently in God. We can hope because God's narrative is to redeem every part of his creation, including us. And we can love because nothing can ever separate us from his love. For me... The pandemic, like many Australians, was difficult. My mum died in the first wave. She lived in in Queensland. Then my father-in-law died in the second wave. My uh, work plans and travel plans had to be completely rethought. The dog got cancer. It was just a terrible year, (laughs) really terrible year. But faith remains. So do pain, grief, disappointment. They don't go away. At times they're palpable. But throughout we journey with God. We lament with God. Sometimes we get angry with God. We wrestle with God. So living confidently in God doesn't diminish our grief or our pain or the lived reality of hardships of one kind or another, yet God is with us. He loves us, he goes before us, he prepares us, he assures us, he guides us, he encourages us, we can look up and out and even ahead because of him. He will never leave us, he will never abandon us, And our meaning and our calling continues to be found in and through relationship with him. Now, it would be foolish to assert that pandemics are a good thing. They're not a good thing. But good can come out of bad. And good has. And it's important that the people of God live thankfully and live appreciatively, And seek the glimpses of his kingdom wherever they are to be found. So, what are the good things? Well, I guess if faith is a muscle, we've had the opportunity to exercise it a bit more than usual. We've certainly been able to think and reflect about our world. Magnificent prayers this morning, Phil, if I might add. We've been given extra time at home to pray and new things to pray about. We've been taught about adapting to new ways, new ways of doing things. We've been reminded again and again about the value of community, about looking out for one another. As Randall would say, putting the me in we. There have been messages of love and encouragement that have come our way. We've even seen governments caring for homeless people with a renewed enthusiasm, no doubt, because of um, health public policy type issues. But it's been great to see. We've been able to give and receive pastoral support, sometimes in quite creative ways. We've become more resilient, more adaptive, and we've experienced the wonderful gift of virtual presence. That was actually brought home to me when my mum died. She had a stroke. Um, it was a, a ischemic thing on the brain. It was inoperable. Um, they took her to the emergency room. She was still conscious. Um, she was uh, telling the ambulance man to stop making make such a ridiculous fuss. Um, it was only a headache. Um, the doctor in the emergency room FaceTimed me and gave the phone to my mum she was still conscious um, she recognised who I was, I was she, she was living in Queensland I was here it wasn't possible to travel there um, I was able to tell her that I loved her um, and I have the memory of that um, those five minutes on FaceTime that was a gift um, incredible wonderful gift because of the kindness of the doctor she died a couple of hours later. My message today is to not just forget about the pandemic or run away from it, as tempting as that is. We need to take the time to reflect and to learn the lessons it has to offer us. Like many Australians on um, New Year's Eve, I popped a champagne cork at a socially um, distant... (laughs) Um, and uh, um, uh, um, in a a socially distant way um, to bring in on a new year, a better year. But there's still lessons from COVID that I'm catching up with. I'm sure that's true for all of us. The blessing of a competent faith is one of those. I suspect there's many others too. I doubt the church will ever be quite the same again. We've discovered some new ways of doing things. And yet at the same time, the value of community and human relationship has been underscored by COVID like never before. That need for basic human interaction and support will never change, although there might be new and different ways of giving expression to that. 2021 and 2022, I think, will be better years. They'll be years of reawakening, years of rebuilding, the pain of COVID will not be in vain. We will be stronger and better because of it, and that is what resurrection faith is about. I'll look forward to sharing with you about Christian hope next week. Amen.